This is Basic Ball Four. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Base Hit Ball 4. My name is Glenn Negris, alongside, as always, with Tyler Blumensick, Alex Kastman, and Scott Rosvald. This is our sixth episode, and this is finally the first time in this podcast history that we have a definitive date that Major League Baseball is going to start their 2020 season. Um, it wasn't agreed. It was a, more of a mandated start date by Rob Manfred when two, the two sides at the end couldn't get anything done. So it's going to be a 60-game season uh, spring training part two will start in seven days on July 1st, and then the season will begin around three weeks later on July 24th. Um, some other news trickling, there will be a trade deadline. That'll be August 31st, so halfway through. Um, and yeah, so finally we have a start date. There will be baseball after a what seemingly has been a three-month battle between the Players Association and the MLB owners, it came down to Manfred just finally saying, you know what, this is what's going to happen. And Tyler, um, there's finally going to be baseball. We've been screaming about it for the last five episodes of this podcast, and now we can actually start talking about a season and some competitive baseball on the field rather than this just war between the two sides over over money. Yeah, I mean, it's about time. Um, I tweeted in response to, I think it was Ken Rosenthal's tweet and basically said it's a sucky way to get it done, but baseball's back. And that's really all we're asking for. Um, the players said when and where. Um, I feel like this is what they were referring to today, which is what, Tuesday? We, um, so it would be yesterday by the time you guys are listening to this, most likely if you're listening to it on the date of the podcast drop. Um, the players agreed to report to spring training by July 1st. Um, but yeah, we're getting baseball. And one question I have, though, I don't know if anybody knows the answer to this. I couldn't really find a definitive answer anywhere. But is there going to be spring training games or no? I don't. I don't think it's going to be worth the risk to have teams drive or take a bus or a plane to play spring training games because the Yankees, because of the problems in Florida right now with the spike, the Yankees and the Mets are not going down to Tampa and Port St. Lucie. They're doing their spring trainings at home in New York. And I'm sure the other teams are going to do the same thing. So I just think it's going to be like intramural scrimmages for three weeks. Maybe the Yankees and Mets bus somewhere to one of the stadiums and play, but I doubt it. I think it's just going to be scrimmages and practice. Yeah. I, I didn't hear anything on that either. I believe the Phillies are also going to be uh, up here in Philadelphia um, doing their training, but yeah, excited that uh, baseball finally has a date. Um, Obviously, not the way that you wanted it to happen. Um, I was kind of disgusted by everything by the end of last week. I was pretty over it. Um, but I was talking to my other, a uh, couple other friends from college, and I said, you know what? I don't care. I'm going to watch as many innings as possible. I'm going to watch as many games as possible. Time out. Time out. It's baseball. Time out. You have friends from college. It's not us. Yeah, the guys that I lived with. Um, Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> great guys. I, do, I went to bar every time once. I time. do have a few other friends. We actually talked about Glenn a lot at our house. Oh, no. Big, Why is that? No, remember that time when you came over to uh, pick up your jersey and you walked in and my buddy Dan was sitting there and we had that conversation about how you guys had history. A history oh, yeah, class yeah. He was in my freshman history class. That yeah, was so, yeah, I got a few other friends, Cash. I know you have a few other friends as well. So <laughs> You, you <know>. shouldn't assume <laughs> that. You know what happens you got, when you assume. 
Scott, your housemates made made John pose with a picture of or pose with a bottle of Captain Morgan. <laughs> that was so yes. funny. Yes, we did. We did it. I'm to, sure, uh, John's an avid listener of this podcast. We uh, we did so. it to piss off our our one friend Austin who went home for the weekend. Uh, yeah, I still have that picture on my phone. That's a can you send that classic? To me? It's a because classic. I need yeah, that picture. I, I can send that to you guys. I was going through my camera roll, Scott, through the years, and I found this classic picture of you with like thirteen Mammoth hats on during the playoffs. Rally rally caps when we uh we didn't win that game though we lost to uh Fordham to the knuckleballer you guys remember that they (laughs) threw a kid that threw a knuckleball and we lost oh my god was that the same game where we did we decided not to bunt and we decided to just swing for the fences that was the second the first that was the first game when we didn't bunt that was against Mm. SUNY Oneonta game still haunts me yeah we should have bunted yeah you live in one actually I was actually given the bunt um, messed it up twice, I think. Good job. Then, uh... job. Speaking of bunting, I was watching the Michael K show today, and some old guy got on, and he was screaming about how all the players today suck, and they probably only hit home runs, and nobody bunts anymore. So they were like, oh, so Francisco Lindor isn't a good player? And he's like, he doesn't compare to the shortstops like Rizzuto and blah, 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 because he doesn't know how to bunt. It sounds like a typical WFAN caller. It's, it's just, you know. You know, the old school generation just doesn't appreciate, I guess, the new game. We're going to get those calls now when, you know, when Glaber Torres doesn't lay down a bunt with runners on first and second. Torres has ever attempted a bunt in his You know, I I got an unpopular opinion, but I guess I happen to do. Yeah, I do like bunting. I think first and second, nobody out. I'm bunting 100% of the time. Now, how about this? Perfect segue. The extra innings this year, starting in the 10th inning, they're going to put a runner on second automatically. So, so I'd, like, couple, yeah, I'd like to start there's on couple, that. There's a couple of moves that you can do. You can either uh, – offensively, you can bunt them over, or defensively, you can intentionally walk and set up the force. I'd like to start on so that you're if gonna I could. See, you're going to see more small ball, especially in the extra, especially extra innings this year. So as the listeners probably know by now, I work for a minor league baseball team. Really? Yeah. No Sussex County way. Miners. Which one? All right, you guys can uh, hop off. But um, Do you have a ring? I loved your father's It's not on right now, on. but yeah, I do have a ring. <laughs> really cute Father's Day video you put together. I actually made that video. Did you now? I did. Wow. Still working laid off. How about that? Um, Crazy. But uh, so we had this rule starting last year, um, starting in the 11th inning. We had it where the 10th inning is normal inning, and then starting the 11th, you put our, the first runner on second base. And when I first when the, when the season first started, I can't tell you how much I hated it. Um, to me, it was just kind of changing the rules of the game. I mean, it is, but it's changing baseball, in my opinion. And then the season went on, and I still don't like it. I got to be honest, um, but it made for really exciting games. We had a game go to 18 innings because we both scored a run every inning. It was really crazy. So it kind of defeats the purpose of it that, yeah, I mean, you bunt a guy over, and then you hit a sack fly, and we got a tie ball game. But to me, I thought it was really exciting because – the pressure is really on the away team. You need to score that run. That runner needs to come across the plate. So I think it's cool. It's definitely a little different. I don't. I hope it doesn't happen permanently. Um, but I think for this season, I think it'll be pretty cool. Yeah. Um. I, I guess for sixty games, if you promise me that'll never happen again under normal circumstances, nobody's going to promise you that. If it I'll works out well, I'll it's buy happen. it. Under that circumstance, I'll buy it. But like, 
I comp. I mean, I get, we've learned over the last few months that baseball is not good at compromising. But if I was going to make a compromise with that, I wouldn't do it at the tenth inning. I'd start it like around the twelfth inning. Yeah, I'd say eleventh or twelfth inning. I think that one inning, which is what we did, one inning should be um, regular baseball. It's like, like hockey. You get the five minute overtime, and then you go to the shootout. Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I, I would be more on board with it if it started in the 11th. I think that's what the World Baseball Classic did a couple of years ago. They implemented it when in the 11th inning, a player started out at second base. I, I think part of the reasoning for it is to prevent these long extra inning games. But as Cash mentioned, there's just as much of a chance, if not, there's more of a chance of scoring runs yeah. where these games could end up being long anyway but what's the point of it being i mean they're all there anyway yeah so what's the i, I think what is, is there a difference it, it, there for two they want higher hours? scoring games they want run cells run no, cell i think they're doing this as a safety precaution kind of thing no so what i think it is is that because they're playing so many games with such little off days i think it does have to do with resting it um it was interesting today actually i was watching the premier league and soccer as you know has a running clock and uh, yes, the clock was running when this happened, but they had two water breaks halfway between each half. So a lot of leagues right now are pretty much just going like on the offensive here, trying to kind of keep their players fit and intact for these shortened and kind of unusual seasons. So I feel like that's kind of what they're getting well, at here. When I played travel soccer in middle school, we had water breaks. Yeah, but it's different. You don't stop a soccer <laughs> game. I've We're also playing like 20. I think Tyler was really ready to start yelling at me for that one, but <laughs> I've watched soccer games where that's my Snapchat went off. I'm sorry. I've like during the World Cup a few years ago when it's like a thousand degrees in South Africa or wherever the World Cup is. I've seen soccer have water breaks, but they just add it to the stoppage time. Yeah, but it's it's never a water break. That's the thing. It, it could be a substitution or whatever, but like literally flashed into the scoreboard. It said water break. I do that camp when I when That's I used it. to. Work a lot of camp. things are going to be different. There's a lot right, of things that might never go back to normal. Just oh, chill out over there. What? Are you, you guys having water? a separate conversation? No, Glenn, Cash is just telling everybody how the much adults you drink are water. talking. All right, the adults are talking, Glenn. Yeah, silence your phone, Snapchat. <laughs> Humble brag. <laughs> okay, somebody so has friends. friends. Oh yeah, yeah, so many friends. Um, so, so continuing our conversation about the extra innings, I, I, something I'm going to be curious to see when more details come out about this season and more specifically when we get to the, the playoffs is, is this extra inning rule going to be implemented as the playoffs as well? Because you see in hockey, the regular season playoff rules are different than the postseason playoff rules. In hockey, it's five minutes, three on three, and then a shootout. And then in the playoffs, it goes to just you just keep playing normal under recreational rules until somebody scores. So something I'm curious to say is, is it okay? Is baseball okay with even in a season like this where a playoff game is decided by a runner on second just being there automatically? So I feel like they be, won't do it'd that. It would be interesting. I would hope I'd like to say they you, wouldn't do that, but I have no faith in the league at this point, so no, I'm not I don't either. either. Could you imagine game seven of the World Series being determined by – a guy that's already started the inning on second base. Can you imagine game seven of the world series being decided with Javi Baez at second base? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that means it. he was the last out of the previous inning, right? <laughs> Is that how it's going to work? They, it's the last. I think they use a pinch runner, I guess. Or an automatic how, did, how did it work in, how did it work in your league cash? We used the last out of the previous inning. Which makes sense yeah. for mm -hmm. just so you don't have we it. We did that in little up. league too. 
It would suck if yes. you had like who's slow, like the slowest person around. Like you had like Luna. Gary Sanchez. Yeah, if you had Yachty as your second, as your runner at second, that'd be rough. Well, I mean, so, at the end of the day, you got to bunt them over. So regardless, if you got a good bunt down, they're getting over. But, but you can, are there no outs or is there you can one neg- out? Yeah, no you, outs. Can neg- you can negate that by walking intentionally the first runner. You got first and second. Okay, and then you bunt. bunt. Second and third, nobody out. And I'm then you walk that. another player, and then his base is loaded. You got the force, and then they what if you're well, what then if that's you're the just home ridiculous. Team? That's Why not ridiculous. Glenn, that's that ridiculous. Force. If it's second gap, and third, one out. Okay, but then a gapper scores three instead of one, Glenn. Come on. I'm thinking like bottom of the ninth. I'm sorry, you're right. I'm thinking like bottom of the ninth situation where you're tied. You know what I'm trying to say? I still wouldn't do that because I, if, there's yeah, less I'm, than, I'm, if there's less than two outs, it doesn't make sense. I mean, if you got a guy on second and a ground ball to the second baseman, you can still get an out. But if you get a slow ground ball to the second baseman, you try to go home with it and you miss the throw or it's a little wide. I mean, you, now you're just playing with fire. Yeah, you, you I mean, can't do that. If you take away the DH, I, this, I guess this is just the way you get managers back in the game. Problem is not every game goes to extra innings, so who knows? Managers don't do anything anyway. They're robots. We can go for an hour on this conversation. I'm not so. starting this conversation right <laughs> now. Had that because... one way too many times. So it's going to be <sighs> 60 games in 66 days. So when I heard that, a couple problems I thought immediately it was one rain. How you, it's going to be horrible to, to try to schedule doubleheaders. That's true. I feel are they going to have doubleheaders scheduled? I, 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 I don't believe too, they're going to. I read it's going to be two back-to-back seven-inning games. I don't know if that's true, but that's what I read. I think that's you can't. That's one the one of the some things you just can't change with baseball. And nine innings is that for me. But what are we doing with divisions? Is it? Is it? The, I think it's going to be the same divisions. Format? I think it's going to be the same divisions, and then like for example, um, the AL East will play the NL East, and then so on. So then that list that we read off is just irrelevant now. Which list? The list so. with the, the like three the leagues. The first episode. Yeah, yeah but like are, are players staying in hotels? Like, say the Yankees have to go play in Oakland or for whatever reason. Are they going to have to stay in a hotel in Oakland and then have to get food catered to them or be, have to go out and then yeah, risk contracting the virus? Like, I, don't think they, I don't think they'd be traveling that far. Well, if it was the playoffs, it's a different story. Ah, uh, True, true. No, I'm just talking regular season because well, they're, they're gonna not going to schedule the Yankees in Oakland. I mean, if it stays – if you stay within the divisions of the league and you only play – the opposite division. So in the Yankees case, the NL East, the furthest they go down is Miami. That's true. They play Boston. You Toronto's know, the, so the more north they go. This to me is what doesn't make sense because that's probably not going to happen that way. Like the Yankees probably won't play a lot of games against the NL East, which they should, as all teams in the NL East should play because they're all right next to each other. But I feel like that they're going to end up playing the National League as little as possible. I feel like there's not going to be a lot of interleague play. So you think that they're just going to play the three other teams in their division no, for 60 that's games? I, that's not what I said. No, but what are you – explain to me what you're trying to say. First of all, there's four other teams in the division. Second of all – yeah. <laughs> second of all, I, I don't know. I, I'm just saying, you know, maybe that they go and play – maybe they go up to as far as Texas and they play the Rangers in that area. I, I don't know. The but thing is, going to, going to Texas is even further than going to Miami from New York. Right, but that's what I'm saying. I'm saying it would make sense if the if the ALEs played the NLEs, but I don't know if that's how it's going to work because they're yeah. American League and National League. I don't know. That's why I'm, I'm so, asking. So what I'm reading here in this USA Today article is 
Um, to limit travel, uh, teams will play opponents only within their geographical region, uh, West teams against West, and so on. So you'll see plenty of uh, usual interleague rivals, Mets versus Yankees, Brewers versus Twins, and a few other spicy matchups, like Dodgers versus Astros. Spicy um, matchups. Where any bangs of a trash can figure this, to reverberate through an empty Is spicy your word of stadium. choice, or is that the article? The article. There's well, no way Ty said spicy. <laughs> no way. I, I didn't say spicy. <laughs> I don't, I've never heard you say spicy, ever. Well, it's not my in the four choice, years but... in the four years we've been doing baseball shows together. You Maybe we don't talk about any spicy topics, Glenn. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, Glenn just brings up boring topics wow. that are spicy. All right, so that I give does you arise... free reign to say whatever topic you want. Okay. That does arise a problem for me. That does arise a problem for me. We're gonna I'm gonna have to watch a lot of Yankees Braves games, and I, I don't like that. Yankees Cash. Oh, can you not do this right now, please? Be tough for your stock, man. Do what? You're, why is that tough? Explain to his me why stock. that's tough. His stock. He doesn't want to lose money on the Braves. I don't want to, If the Braves lose to the Yankees, that means I'm that's losing It's not money. how it works. It's basically not how it works. Bet on something else. There's other the Braves there. could win the World Series, and they could sell the least amount of jerseys they sold throughout the entire season, and guess what? Your stock is going down. Yeah, but the chances of that are very slim. Yeah, but what I'm saying is there's no correlation. It's like... No, I realize that, but it, did it get under your skin? No. Well, I mean, yeah, a little oh, bit, yeah, actually. Yeah, Because so let's go, let's go no, on. Because you're just you're, – you're taking your allegiance to the New York Yankees away. Basically. No, I'm not. Basically, basically equating the, the two. That said you would jump ship to the Mets if A-Rod bought them? That, that I was did sarcastic. Not say that. I said oh, it. Oh. I said it. All right. Glenn, thank you. You got the my different, back there. The I always have your back when you deserve it. But, you, you know, when you deserve it. sarcasm. It's hard it's to true. decipher sarcasm via text. Yeah, yeah, that's true, but like, but I, I assume that like, all right. So when Cash off. says something over text, you know, it's it's probably serious. Probably, and clearly very serious here because you're speaking with your voice in video chat and basically equating your Yankee fandom to your Braves fandom. So I don't first know. of all, obviously, okay, it's irrelevant. It's I not feel obvious. The Braves gave up like 80 runs in the first inning of Game Five last year. Mainly, I was upset that my wallet was hurting because I did bet <laughs> pretty heavily on the Braves in that game. Cash, I have a question for you. You told me to bet the Cardinals. I know. Let's move on. So no, no, no. I do. No, 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 no. What? Yank- the Yankees play the Braves. Okay. Who's the favorite? Who's your favorite player on the field? Aaron Judge. I would hope so. All right. Who, who are your top five favorite players on the field? They're all in pinstripes. If that's what you're asking. Uh, Acuna. Ronald Acuna Jr. is my favorite non-Yankee. But the Yankees come first. Cash is I also the so. guy who was happy when Syracuse made the tournament over Monmouth. So. Chose, chose his fandom over his own university. I can't complain about that because, you know. They Syrac- did not deserve to make the tournament. I don't care how far they got. They did not deserve to be in that tournament. And two, Mammoth should just win the tournament. Mammoth didn't even win the NIT that year. They didn't they deserve to, be to get in. in. We, we deserved it. No. All right, you, let me say something. Uh, Last thing on this topic, basketball. and then I do have an actual question. Okay. Um, I've been a Syracuse fan for years and years, I had just gotten to Monmouth. You can't expect me to jump ship so quickly. See, that's your school, man. Yeah, Syracuse is my school. I, I, I would have had the same issue because if Monmouth had won that second-round game, they would have played Florida at uh, Monmouth, and I would have had an absolute meltdown at the game. Yeah, but okay, you, have, in you. the end, Scott would have rooted for Monmouth because he's a man of integrity. Yeah, I, I would have rooted for Monmouth because Monmouth was the better team that year. So, a few days ago – when all the players went crazy on 
Twitter and said, hashtag when and where. Can somebody explain the whole movement to me? Because then they proceeded to reject the next offer. Yeah, I'm so not trying happened, to get angry. I'm just asking. They so just wanted to be told. Yeah, they, they, they felt like the MLB was basically negotiating in bad faith. And at the end of the day, they just wanted – they want to play baseball and they want to do it. So they're basically kind of egging Rob. But then they rejected the next offer. But the offer isn't the point of when and where. The when and where is, hey, hey, Manfred, this is clearly not working, so just set the date. That's what Because with the, with the MLB – But they ended up getting directly, what they wanted. It's true, but that, that also – that whole when and where came after the MLB pretty much just told they, – they asked – the players to waive their legal rights to file a grievance. I don't like I, my timeline might be off, but the owners just wanted the upper hand in a legal battle. Should they kind of file their grievance? Yeah, and now that the fact that there was no official like, agreement, now the players hold on to their right to file a grievance. Exactly. So I mean, that's basically the gist of it. I don't. There's been too much crap going on that I just don't really know, and I don't really know how to follow it anymore. But all I know is baseball is back, and I'm happy. And something that's going to be completely different about the next 60 games compared to 162 games is that there's going to be a lot of teams out there that over the course of a normal long season have no chance of making the playoffs and all of a sudden, well, there's a lot of times where, you know, the classic thing about the Mets is that they collapse in July, but they're normally in there around June. Um, if you go back to last year through 50 games, I see your hand up, Cash. This isn't a classroom. You can say whatever you want. Do you want me the to Phillies, you then? No, I don't because I was talking. So last year through 50 games, the Phillies would have won the NL East. The Cubs would have won the NL Central. And those are two teams that ended up not making the playoffs at all last year. So it's going to be a real like sprint rather than a marathon. And there's going to be some teams in the playoffs or at least contend for the playoffs that normally wouldn't. I disagree with this take um, because you know from the beginning there's only 60 games. Every single game means a lot more than 162 games would, and that's just a fact. So when a team gets off to a tough start, say they start 10 and 30 in the season of 162 games, they know they have a chance to make a comeback. It's a marathon, not a sprint. As you said, this is a full sprint. So teams know that going in, and they're going all out for every – I mean, they really need – every game is a must win. Um, so I think that – this is a different kind of situation. Um, yeah, and I would we, – we brought it up that there's going to be this trade deadline on, uh, on August 31st. I think that'll be interesting to see how aggressive teams will be, how willing a team might be to sell So that's sell the other question that I have, and maybe you guys can answer this for me. I haven't been paying a lot of attention because I've kind of lost interest. No, it's not uh, like you the, are a part of a baseball podcast or anything. No, that's not what I mean. I mean, I kind of just distanced myself a little bit because I need a breather. Question for you is, are teams going to really empty their farm system for a half a season on, at the trade deadline? It's a great question. I don't think they will. I don't think so either. I, don't, I think that whoever but that wins doesn't, the World Series this that year doesn't, has an That doesn't stop you know, a minor trade for a reliever. From That's not what I meant. Of course, there are going to be trades, but I'm just saying like, there, there's not going to be like a, an Arenado trade. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, th- I don't. Well, who's the free agent at the end of the year? Is, we don't even know what a free agent is at the end of the year. Mookie Betts. I do the he Dodgers. The, the, well, the Dodgers are going to be playing to win. 
But if right, but they're but what I'm saying is, but also that ties. Gonna, but again, that ties into the the conversation that I started about the Rockies, who might under no, normal circumstance on July 31st be out of the race. They might be in the race. But so my point huge trade deadline activity. But my point is on opening day, right? Game one of 60. Aaron Boone knows that the Yankees need to win that game. All right, so you're not playing for tomorrow. You're not playing for a 162-game season. You're playing for a sprint, right? This is just a sprint. So I don't think that the good teams that end up evening out, I don't think that they're going to have stretches where they lose seven games in a row like the Yankees had over the past few years. Like I, 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 don't ju- I just don't see that happening. I don't, I don't know. It's not like you, you, you don't sleepwalk the first couple months of the season. You're trying to win those games. I don't necessarily so, – I think you do unintentionally. It, it's a long season. So if you lose a game in April in a regular season, it's – okay, you know, we got another 150 games left, you know, but this is – teams really feel like they can only lose like 15, 20 games. But that doesn't so, stop the possibility of a team like, you know, the Mariners being there at the end of the year. That's my whole point, that there's going to be teams in contention by the end of September in game 45 that normally wouldn't be. Well, Jer- so it Jeremy Frank- it takes a It takes a few months for teams to separate themselves, and they don't have those few months. So I feel like by August, September, everyone's still going to be in. You're not going to see like 30 games back. Like the Orioles are not going to be 45 games back of the Yankees. That's just not possible. I'm not saying the Orioles can compete for a playoff spot, but those other fringe teams like, you know, the Cubs or the Mariners or even the Angels who have Mike Trout who can finally make the playoffs, those teams are going to be in it. That's my argument. Yeah. I mean, it's true. And then you can say if that happens, if the Angels – somehow win the AL West, is it legitimate? Um, I mean, I think it's legitimate because it's not like that one team's playing 60 games, another team's playing 80 games. They're all playing an even field. You know, everyone's playing the same amount of games. Everyone's got the same scenario. Everyone's had a, a messed up spring training. Everyone's gone through this, this pandemic the same. So I think that it's a legitimate season. It's a legitimate title. But I don't think, like I said, I don't see a team emptying their farm system to trade for a guy for you know another 30 games left to me it's risky yeah i agree with that um jeremy frank actually came out and put up a bunch of useful stats over the course of 60 games um he put up each um each team in both leagues the american and the nationals their best 60 game stretch and their worst 60 game stretch and it seemed like it was pretty consistent with the way that it usually plays out over 162 um starting here uh, with the team's best 60 game stretch Cleveland had the best followed by Houston both of them at 43 and 17 the Yankees best 60 game stretch was 42 and 18 which is sick by the way that's like sickening um and then the bottom three were Seattle at 28 and 32 um the Royals 26 and 34 Baltimore at 24 wins and Detroit at 23 wins but is this all time or no, Last this year. is in twenty. This is in twenty nineteen. There's sixty game okay. stretches, um, and but then the, that was the best stretch. So the each team's worst stretch, um, the Yankees had the best worst stretch at thirty seven and twenty three, and Detroit had the last at twelve and forty eight. And then you look at the National League, um, the Dodgers had the best worst stretch at thirty five and twenty five, and Colorado at sixteen and forty four. So I um, think that the bottom line of what you're saying is, if you're going to win the World Series this year, you got to be hot. No, what I'm saying is it's going to be consistent no matter what. No, no, no. To I'm an saying, extent. No, I agree. Do you think there's like, going to be no surprises in the playoffs this year? 
I think that has the potential to be one or two surprises. But then again, what year haven't we had a surprise? Like, you look back in, what was it, 2017, when the Yankees played the Twins in the wild card. Um, nobody expected the Twins to be there. Um, the Royals, the year they won the World Series, nobody expected the Royals to really be there. The Mets, um, the year they made it to the World the Series. The Mets, same thing, that same exact year. Like, you have surprises every single year, so I don't think it's going to be different. The only thing that I think is really going to be different is because of the 60-game season, is just not going to be so much of a disparity. Like, at the end of the year, you're not going to see – for example, Baltimore this year out 30 and a half, yeah, 40 games. Yeah. Sorry, I was in the bathroom. I did hear what you were saying. I just wasn't really paying attention because my AirPods are still going. But, yeah, you just – like what you said before. Um, so that's going to – You're, you're not going to see the disparity. So the casualty of that is probably the trade deadline. We're not going to see any, like, significant crazy moves. I'm, I've been trying Everyone, to – Yeah, I would like agree a, with that. For sure. Who's a really good player on a bad team? Mike Trout. But, I'm just, but, what, what, but what is a bad? A bad team could be five games out by August 31st. You know what I'm trying to say? But I, yeah, I, I just – But if a bad like, team – if a bad team's five games out, they're probably more likely to maybe empty their farm system and try and make a run. For, for who? I don't know. I'm just saying if a bad team is five games out, they're like, hey, this is our chance to get a ring. All right. So, like, Chris Bryant, a guy who has been pretty – it's been pretty obvious that he doesn't want to be in Chicago anymore. And what if we're coming up on that August 31st trade deadline, the Cubs are, I don't know, seven, eight games back, or they selling Chris Bryant, they holding on to Chris Bryant is, I feel like he would be a guy um, that could be a potential trade candidate. But then you got to look at the other way though. They're going to want a, a, a huge haul for Chris Bryant. who's an all-star. Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, so then if – But who's going to be willing to give up? So the also, Phillies have been – minor league season, so who are you scouting? It's true. So the Phillies are a team that have been somewhat linked to him because of the connection of him and Harper to Vegas. Um, I don't know if the Phillies would load up the truck and, you know, trade off an Alec Bohm and a, a Spencer Howard. I would hope not because those two guys are, you know, the future of this franchise along with Harper. Um, but it would be interesting to see. I feel like – Teams might probably will be end up being hesitant about it because you just don't know what's going to happen this year. Who knows if we even finish this season? That was another thing. Like we've already seen in the last couple of days, teams are having players test positive. The Phillies have had ten guys test positive over the last two three days. Are we even sure that the season's going to finish? I don't think I don't think you can definitively say anything, especially if there's a second spike around October. When the playoffs start, I mean, you could have this whole regular season and then the playoffs just get canceled. Which would absolutely suck. It would suck, but. And then what do you do? Do you just crown whoever had the best record? And... No, there's no champion. No, like at that point, basketball. there's no champion. So, you know, it's, 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 there's a lot to go into just a 60 game thing. It's going to be something we've never seen any ever before. And something that is a positive is that every game matters, like Cash was alluding to. Like opening day, you're in watching it almost like you're watching an NFL game because every single game. Yeah, yeah that, I, I am excited for that. I think that's going to be really cool, to be honest with you. Um, I'm putting $1,000 on Yankees opening day. Good for you. Good for I'm you. I'm going to check good my good futures for bets here. I don't, I think I Eric have the World Series. Now does, now, does Vegas, do they rearrange their lines because of this? No, the, Yankee, the Yankees over for wins is 90, so. I'm taking it. 
<laughs> Hammer the under. Hammer the under. Um, what do you got? I don't know. MLB World Series. Let's see what are the Yankees going off at right here. Plus four fifty. It's pretty consistent. Dodgers plus three seventy five. Um, nobody else really close. To be completely honest with you. So I, they have I have the Dodgers a- as the favorite. Yeah, as of now. Where are the Astros? Plus twelve hundred. That's interesting. They're gonna get thrown out so much. It's gonna be great. Um, All the memes going around about that was were so funny. It's like when, when the it was like the, a Carlos Correa like team photo day meme, and he's going like this. He's like, "Oh shit!" And then <laughs> like everyone's using it basically like when the Astros find out that the MLB is actually gonna have a season. Um, the, there's another question that I thought of here, and I, I I could be wrong, but if every game is more of a playoff feel. Are we going to see guys who happen to struggle in the playoffs struggle all season? Like, is the Kershaw mm-hmm. going to struggle with only having 60 games? I don't, I don't think know. So. I think a lot of that is the atmosphere. So, if you think about it, right, 60 games, you pitch once every five days, that's 12 starts if everything's perfect. Good so math. He's only got 12 starts. First of all, that, also was, the, quick, and also first the first, that was quick math. I hope everyone just acknowledges no, that. No, I said Second, good math. Did cash, you cash. Good work. Second of all, second of all, I, I think it's a possibility that Kershaw has a terrible season because he has been bad in the playoffs. He's been bad when pressure is on. Now, that's where I disagree with you because, look, I don't know if it's so much the pressure of it or is it the fact that it's just him after a 30-game yeah, season. So, I don't know. It's incredibly it's a possible. Good point. Right. Yeah. It could be possible that the opposite happens, that he is just – completely lights out because he only has 12 starts so there's no fatigue and something that's going to be completely different in terms of pitching is how managers are going to you know handle their starting rotation like normally during the first month of the season in april a lot of this is due to the weather and how cold it is sometimes in some cities you don't you you don't see pitchers going eight innings in the beginning of the season because their arms aren't built up these pitchers need to yeah i think we'll see more complete games this year than we have in a long time what was that i'm sorry I think we're going to see more complete games this year than we have in a long time. I can argue the opposite, that you're going to see more shorter games than ever before because the arms aren't built up. They've been sitting around for three months doing nothing. Yeah, but I don't – that's not true. This is a three-week spring training instead of an eight-week spring training. Yeah, but these guys aren't – but these guys aren't sitting doing nothing. They're all working out. I would hope these guys have been – doing their throwing program I'm still I'm, I'm they throw during the winter too they still need to build arm into yeah yeah, yeah but it's different weapon. I mean I think it's different I don't know I, I don't and know, there's gonna you be know no it's all speculation exhi- and there's going to be no exhibition games then you're not going to get into those high pressure situations but you also have to remember if you're only going to have 12 training game you're only going to have 12 starts at the maximum I mean that maybe they're not that's, that's still not as fatigue just say hey throw until your arm falls off you still got no but there's going to be more of a opportunity to maybe throw 100 to 110 pitches rather than being pulled after 85 and six innings. But can't you also say that about the relievers because you're not saving a reliever's arm for the course of a six-month season? It's just more of a 60-game, two-month thing? Yeah, so you but you have to also remember more? that a reliever can pitch two, three days in a row, but a starting pitcher is only going once every five days. So you have to remember that every series essentially means a lot, right? So you need – your best relievers for each series available. Like you want to figure that Chapman should be ready to go once a series. And that's usual. That's usual, but you're not going to start throwing them for two innings just because it's less games because 
A, you don't want to ruin his career, and B, you still do want him for October if there's no second wave. But what what let's say there's like, you know, during the course of 162 games, there's some points in the summer where the Yankees have a save opportunity and they still don't put Chapman in just for load management. You really don't right. have that leeway this year. You need well, I think it depends on how many games he's pitched in a row. You can use your relievers. You can have the the option or the, the I guess, the I'm, I'm at a loss for words, but you can have the pressure of needing to use Chapman more than you normally would. I argue otherwise, though, because you only get, you have, what, 60 games in 66 days? He's got, the relievers are going to be more tired than ever. They're going to be more fatigued than ever. No, that's what I'm trying to say. You're going to use them more often within a series or within a 10-game stretch than you would in 162 games because you need to win those games. Go ahead, Tyler. Breaking news, which you already probably would have heard at this point, but um, John Heyman tweets, play ball, hearing owners and players have worked it all out and there will be baseball. Don't always trust John Heyman, but also <laughs> Jeff Passan. Been waiting almost three months to type this baseball is back. A schedule is in place. Camps open July 1st. I trust Jeff Passan more than I trust anyone. Yeah. I trust Jeff Passan more than I trust myself. There you go. That's, that's a big statement there. But, Scott, do you understand what I'm trying to say with the idea of you might need to use your best relievers four days in a row because you need to win the games? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's going to be situations where the Yankees are going to need – they might need a save three, four days in a row, and they're going to need Chapman to be out there because those games are going to matter more. But I also see what Cash is saying where these guys have an opportunity now where you can, you know, you know leave a guy out there to finish a complete game if he's at 90 pitches going into the ninth inning, you can let him go because those innings aren't going to rack up over the season. So it's going to, you're going to have that opportunity to get that complete game. We haven't seen many in the last couple of years because of this whole thing of you should only see a lineup two times through once you get to, you know, 85, 90 pitches, you're getting pulled managers and front offices are trying to manage their younger arms to limit their innings. There's only so many innings this year where you're going to want your best starters out there as much as possible. The Phillies aren't going to be trying to pull Aaron Nola in the sixth inning because they're going to need them in, you know, September. They're going to be trying to use them as much as often to win those important games because he's the best pitcher on the team. So I, I see both. I see both sides of the argument, and it's so, it's tough to tell right now. And I'm sure Here's, Cash is right. My uh, what I'll what I'll say is that I still don't think on July 24th on opening day. I don't think Garrett Cole is pitching 120 pitches. Oh no, ab- no, absolutely not. But in I can see that two, in September, weeks, no problem. Yeah. I what I don't see happening is seeing a guy like, for example, Chapman going four days in a row because. You know, Boone is still going to go by his analytic book, and his analytics are going to tell him, I don't care how many games there are in a season. Once you get to after three days in a row, Chapman isn't as effective anymore. I don't agree with and the I, analytics, I, but I, it is what it is. Like, I and just that's don't something see that, that they're going to have to decipher with position players, too, because resting guys is so easy during 162 games, and you really don't have that luxury now. So a guy like Labor Torres, who's young and he's 23 years old, and there's 60 games, he should be playing in 57. I mean, well, you see, that's where, I think the, that's where I think the Yankees are at a huge disadvantage because a, mass, a, a vast majority of their games, John Carlos stands the designated hitter, right? But if you look at a team that maybe doesn't have that just one DH, 
you could use that as a half day off, but the Yankees don't have that privilege because I think Stanton can't play the field. I think the Yankees are at advantage because of their depth. You got Clint Frazier and Miguel Andujar on the bench if somebody needs a day off. Right, but you want your best bats out there for every one of these most important games, which could be all 60, which are all 60. I mean, Giancarlo can still play the outfield. He's not like he can't No, play I'm not saying he can't, but what I'm saying is, a vast, like I said, a vast majority of the time, he's the designated hitter. I think depth. So I think a season like this would be a huge problem for like David Ortiz or like Nelson Cruz. This is a big problem for Nelson Cruz or well, Nelson I, Cruz's team, not necessarily him, because they can't. They don't have the flexibility to move people right. around. Right. I mean, you can't give a guy a half a day off because then you're taking your best bat out of the lineup because he doesn't play the field. Right. Okay. Yeah, but you have a universal DH. Not that it really makes much of a difference for Nelson Cruz, but I don't think it makes much of a difference there. What? I don't know. I mean, the American League teams are used to it. They have their set designated exactly. hitter. Right, so I Whereas, think it's, it's a positive for National League teams. Yeah, for National League teams, it's going to be great. For the Phillies, Jay I mean, Bruce it seriously, is going to be the it seriously helps out the Mets if Cespedes can play. Because then he, yeah, can just, he doesn't need to play the – I mean, he's probably not Cespedes going to play. Cespedes ain't playing. That guy but doesn't you even can move. He's got a tee time tomorrow but morning. You he's can, not going to play you baseball. Can move, let's say, Cano, who's not the same. Yeah. You can make him the DH, and then you improve your defense. Absolutely, and that's, that's the thing with the Phillies. Like, Jay Bruce, is that gets the Phillies' opportunity to slide Jay Bruce in the DH spot. But with Andrew McCutcheon coming off of a torn ACL, gives them a chance to put him there. You can throw Reese Hoskins at the DH every once in a while. You can DH Harper. It's definitely a benefit for these National League teams who haven't had this before, where they have the opportunity to get that extra bat in the lineup. They can move people around. Uh, for the American League teams, it's pretty set, I think, for the most part. Stanton's probably going to DH for the Yankees, as Cash was saying, if he stays healthy. Um, oh, yeah, it's a big F. He better stay healthy. <laughs> you would hope. You would hope. Short and Speaking season. of staying healthy, where's Greg Bird nowadays? He's unemployed, Texas? isn't he? Texas. Maybe he's collecting unemployment. Now he is, wasn't the minors. Now, it's been a while. So Greg since Bird and actually, I have a lot more in common than I thought. It, it's yeah. been a while since we've actually talked about real baseball and lineups. Both working on your golf game, too. But like, we both can't hit a baseball. I'm trying to talk here. Jesus. Listen, Glenn. Is Stan Adults are talking, Glenn. Or it, wouldn't the Yankees lineup be better with Stan in left and Andrew Hart at DH? Isn't uh, that more pop? But then you're yeah. taking you out take your guy, Gardner. Out. You take Gardner yeah, you take out. Gardner out. And then when's Hicks left. coming back? Probably soon at this point, right? Hicks and Judge. He's still out. I heard Hicks and Judge will be ready by opening day. Okay, so then now that it's a – I mean, I guess that's a good problem to have, but it's a problem because you're over – like, Gardner needs to play, my opinion. Gardner needs to play. He's one of your only left-handed bats. I think he, Hicks – if you have Hicks, well, Hicks. lefty. Switch. Who else is a lefty? We don't have DD. So, yeah, it's just Hicks and Gardner. So, it also – it obviously depends on who's starting for the other team. And what the matchup is, but again, going back to the Yankees, they have depth, so it's a they're as Cash said, it's a good problem to have, but it is a problem. Imagine building a stadium built for lefties and having one <laughs> who's not even really a power hitter. But well, he and, has and he hits, been. I mean, they have right they have right-handed hitters that can just flick their wrist and go the other way. It's not like they're desperate for left-handed hitting. Glenn, you hit lefty, right? I do. The Yankees well do. I don't think they will. You have the hat already. It's a one less cost they have. I have a hat and the 96 patch on. Maybe they'll sign Nick instead. 
Mm, they probably will. Oh, he hit a home run on ESPN, so on ESPN, they can go yeah, back yeah. and watch that footage. I did not. I hit my. I hit one home run in my life in high school. That was it. Was it inside the park home run? I was not a little league home run hitter. I was a slap hitter in little league. My brother, also a lefty, hit a home run on your high school's home field. At PHS. How many games did he play there? Yep. Probably one. <laughs> and Glenn, how many games did you play there? All of them. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> the percentage favors the Bloomin' Sticks. Well, actually, I hit the home run on the road, too. Tyler, okay, so they <laughs> uh, Yeah, and I used to play in the summer there, also. Yeah, that one. That's it. That's okay. See, I respect that because that's not an easy shot. No, it's not. That's a nice. Well, it's got a little big there. boy power over there. Yeah, that's it. So you know, you know me. You know me. <laughs> Back to Greg Bird for a second. There was a March third article saying that ex-Yankee Greg Bird is turning heads at Rangers spring training. Sure They're getting is. duped. They're getting duped because every <laughs> year he does it. <laughs> every time we heard that. You remember he hit like thirteen home runs in spring training. I was like, yep. Yeah. You guys thought he was going to hit 40, and he hit like Uh, No, Glenn thought he was going to hit 40. Nobody else did. I said on the air, I said on WMCX that he was going to hit 40 home runs. I probably still have that file on my computer. I hope you don't. (laughs) Wait, we have another lefty on the team. We have Jacoby Ellsbury. No, they released him. (laughs) Really? He's not even on the completely cut him. He was released two years ago. That what? That albatross. There you go. Yankees don't have another switch hitter? I don't think so. Hicks. No Didi. I'm not going to believe Didi's not a Yankee until I see a Yankee game without Didi playing. You know what's well, also crazy? What's the catcher's we name never that we about? just drafted? He got, oh. Oh, the Yankees just drafted a catcher? I, I forgot. The catcher, he's a lefty and he has a sweet swing. And you said he's going to be a Hall of Famer. So how do you not remember? I did. That? Hold on. I'll get it. I'll get it. <laughs> you know, we don't talk about this, but Romine's not a Yankee anymore. He's on the Tigers. Yeah. That's kind of huge, which is actually ironic because he fought the entire Tigers in 2017. Is his that? brother also on the Tigers? I think he, he was on not anymore. Yeah. Oh. His brother's out of the league. I uh I really like We have Romine. Mike Ford. We have Mike Ford. He's oh, a lefty. Oh right, right. right. Mike Ford. Tyler Wade. Come on, you can't oh, forget Wade. these guys. So much depth. <laughs> you forgot him too. Yeah. Mike Talkman. See, we're good. Yeah, we're, we're set. From the left side. The savior, Mike Talkman, Tyler Wade. The, the sock man, as John Sterling would say. I'm interested to see how the He's disabled – right. I'm sorry, not the disabled, the injured list, as they say now. Surprised if they're going to – I'm wondering if they're going to add it from 10 or make it 5. It's another thing they got to figure out. Well, I think – if you're on I, remember, I remember seeing the pitching – the pitchers can go on the IL for 15 days, I think it is. Like, uh, hitters is still 10. That's a quarter of the season, 15 days. <laughs> that's crazy. Oh, my that's God. If a pitcher gets say. hurt and misses like two – I mean, a, a, a single quad strain, your season's over. It's just about – Just the way it is. So, Aaron it's Judge – It's, it's going to go by so fast, but I'm going to enjoy every single second Other of it. Other than nothing. Uh, Absolutely. I was, ho- I was hoping Absolutely. to get a little bit more. I was hoping to get in the 70 range, but the problem is they didn't want to – Move past the September twenty seventh end of the regular season. They didn't want which the makes sense. Extend into October, which is fine. They have TV that needs to has, that has some sort of say, but whatever. Sixty is what we're getting. And I think uh, Trevor Bauer made a good point for once. He said, um, "All these changes, it's for just eighteen months, and then it's over. Hopefully, with this virus." At the most, eighteen months. 
He also got in a huge fight with Aubrey Huff today. I saw part of that. We don't have, we don't have to talk about that, but just just a note. God loves Trevor Bauer. I, I love him so much that when he said that Barry Bonds wouldn't succeed in the current day of baseball, I just just couldn't help but laugh. Standing ovation he gave him. It was unbelievable. I hate him so much. Hate him so, so much. Trevor Bauer is so widely hated. He even got Kurt Schilling to go against him. Can you imagine <laughs> the most hated man in baseball. Wait, can you imagine a fight between Aubrey Huff and Kurt Schilling? I guess they won't because they're the kind, same kind of person. But, oh, my God. Baseball players are the worst sometimes. It is true. So, so Glenn, I, yeah. I teased you before we started. No, I was just um, about to remind you. Uh, that I, I want to praise you as well as call you out. Oh, can you praise me first? Yeah, of course. Okay, it great, was a, thank you. It was a big week on Twitter for you, man. Huge. Huge week. Huge. You, went, you, went, you went viral. I did. I did on went a viral. T- on a tweet call mm-hmm. it saying that the note written mm-hmm. by Snooki and JWoww yes. on Jersey Shore is a more important document. Historical than, document. Than the Constitution. I stand by that. Which, which it's, a great, it's a nice take, which proceeded to get – Almost 600 retweets and almost 2,000 likes. That's good, right. Good Thanks for you. you. I'm proud of you. I'm proud Did Kelsey of you. say anything about that? Uh, I don't Kelsey's know. She, in- she also had a nice moment uh, a couple weeks ago. She got retweeted by Chris Harrison during one of the uh, Bachelor season recaps. I'd argue that moment. that's bigger than my accomplishment. She, she was pretty excited about that one. Um, but I do have to call you out okay, go for, your, for your Ken Griffey Jr. slander. Okay. from the other day um you saying that he wasn't you know i from my opinions of it it seemed like you were knocking him as a baseball player i don't think i was i don't think i said anything factually you, incorrect you weren't respecting him whatsoever i probably um, wasn't I, I i didn't appreciate your attack on ken griffey jr probably one of the greatest baseball players of all time you, you want to go down the best, the best swing of all time i can agree with Fantastic. you on fantastic swing he's i can i can agree with you on the fact that he didn't do a lot of winning but if you hadn't seen the clips of him saying he didn't want to be a yankee and somebody asked you if you wanted ken griffey jr would you take him on your team yeah i'm saying i of course i would take ken griffey answer the question glenn (laughs) what i'm saying and what my tweet stated was that the yankees were fine without him in hindsight if you look back on history the Yankees did just fine without Ken Griffey Jr. Yeah, and that's what Ken Griffey Jr. did. He went the into, Ken Griffey Jr. Hold on, hold on. He went into also took down the Yankees in the playoffs. Okay, one time. Once. Did, this was the only what, playoff series win. What happened the next series? They lost. Okay, well, I'll trade the 95 <laughs> ALDS for the five championships the Yankees would later go on to win during Griffey's career. Okay. I mean, I, I, I just uh, feel like my, my feel argument like was give, my I argument like he didn't was, give Griffey the respect that he deserves. He deserves all the respect in the world. He's one of the greatest baseball players that ever lived. But when he goes into an interview room 20 years later to reminisce about his career and go on a huge thing about how much he hates the Yankees and how much he relishes beating the Yankees and how he'd never play with the Yankees, I see that. I'm like, okay, well, that's fine. You never wanted to play with us. We did fine without you. If, the, you, if, if, if the Yankees you, never won, I'd be like, well, that sucks. I would Did you hear his reasoning behind not yes, wanting to be Yankee? Yes, and I agree 100% with whatever happened. It didn't look great from the Yankee point of view. 
Yeah, he, he felt disrespected that the he wasn't security allowed in the guard dugout. told him to get out of the dugout, but another player's son was allowed to be on the field. Yeah. And, of course, you got the racial part of it, too. But yeah. I digress. But my argument is the Yankees did fine without him. That's the only thing I'll say. And so also, I, I was also right in saying that Griffey has the third highest Hall of Fame percentage um, vote in history. The two others were Jeter and Rivera, who played during his era, and won. So I'm not losing sleep that Ken Griffey Jr. was never a Yankee. That's my argument. All right, so I got to say something. Are you going to say that I'm a fraud? No. Okay. <laughs> Actually, um, Glenn has this problem hmm. where <laughs> if somebody – disagrees with him or his favorite team or he says he doesn't like their favorite team he's automatically a bad guy listen glenn i'm a yankee fan till the end but i still love ken griffey even though he got disrespected in yankee stadium because he has every right to be angry um at the same token listen if i grew up to be a professional baseball player and i ended up playing for the yankees my favorite team hating the red sox my whole life if i have a an interview 20 years later you better believe that I'm going to say that I don't like the Red Sox and that I relished and I loved beating the Red Sox. Also, so just because he doesn't agree with your favorite team doesn't mean him uh, a bad no, guy. No, I'm not saying he needs to agree with my favorite team, but like if it's when was Griffey's free agency? I don't know. I didn't watch the documentary. He, he got never, traded. He got traded. Okay, so let's say he was in the prime of his career and he hit free agency and the Yankees offered him $300 million, which is unheard of in the 90s, but for the sake of the argument, you're saying he's not taking it. You're saying his quote where he'd rather retire than play for the Yankees, even if that was the only team offering a contract. Do you think that's actually true? Yes. I don't. Okay. I think money talks at the end of the day. Okay. We can agree to disagree, but I mean, there are some people who love to play the game of baseball for the love of the game and not for the money. And those players end up being the most successful just because he didn't win. Doesn't, knock on his legacy because Mike Trout's going to go down as one of, if not the best baseball player of all time. I disagree. I think, I think never winning hurts your legacy in the end. Well, I don't agree with that because there's nine, there's nine guys in the lineup and one guy obviously can't do it by himself. Dan Marino is almost an afterthought. How are we going to compare baseball to football? No, but you just did. That's comparing apples to oranges because uh, Mike Trout is far and away the best player in the league right now. He's got the best numbers year to year. He's penciled into an AL MVP every single year. And there's a very good chance that he never wins a World Series. And he's still going to go to the Hall of Fame. He's still going to be first ballot Hall of Famer. He's going to be a unanimous vote in. And nobody's going to think twice about the fact that he didn't win a World Series. I think Will it help? Yes. I, I, think, I think you're wrong. I think there is a thing about winning. I agree in every other I, I mean, 20 years from now, if Mike Trout breaks every single record and you interview him for this groundbreaking documentary about him and then you bring up the point that he never win, he'll probably say, yeah, I regret never winning. So I have a question. If someone were to walk up to you who's never seen baseball before and they asked you who the greatest baseball player of all time is, who are you saying? Because I honestly, I have no idea who I would say. So hard. It's so much harder in baseball than it is for other sports because there's so many different errors and there's so many different, you know, moments. What, I mean, what you consider a great player, there's different positions, pitcher, hitter, catcher. Um, I feel like the, the I mean, I feel like you just, by default, you go by Ruth. 
I yeah, just, I would say the default answer just is just a knee-jerk but... default. You go Babe Ruth. He probably isn't, but just because he was so dominant by his era. But I mean, Willie Mays has got to be up there. I I would say Griffey's up there. Trout. And then of course we can get, the and then we can get into the steroid conversation too. Yeah, and Bonds is up there. It's a tough conversation, and because like if you just look at stats on a whole, like what Griffey did as a player was absolutely phenomenal as an individual. He got hurt. He would have, he would have, it was three years where he got hurt, where he really struggled, but he still finished with 630 career home runs, which is insane. It's crazy. Uh, But he's, I feel like he's an afterthought as well. You wouldn't bring him up in that conversation. I feel like a lot of people. Do you feel like the reason why you don't do that is because he never won? It might be that it might be because he, how many times Seattle. did he? How many times did he make the playoffs? Was it just once in '95? Uh, '95, and then he won '97 and 2008. Yeah, I gotta be honest with you. If an elementary school kid right now, when he's our age, and someone asks him who the best player of all time is, he's gonna say Mike Trout, and he's not gonna think twice about it. It also, yeah, I guess it also, and he's, he's matters got a fair when argument. you grow up. My grandfather will say Mickey Mantle. I'll say. Yeah, Alex Rodriguez. Well, we can connect it back to what you said in the beginning where the d- guy called WFAN and basically compared Francisco Lindor to Phil Rizzuto. It's the same conversation. It's just the style of baseball that you like. It's true. I agree. And then you got, the sense, you got the sentimental types that will say Derek Jeter, even though yeah, he's not I was just talented. Say, my, my future kid asked me who the best baseball player of all time is. I'm probably saying Jeter. I got to be honest. Yeah, and if you take that, if you take the account of winning and your, how much you contributed to that, Jeter's definitely up there. Right. He definitely wasn't the most talented baseball player out there. Mm-hmm. He was a damn good baseball player, but he meant so much to the Yankees teams. He led those teams. Winning is important for me. It's important. That and how about how about this? Can, can you say can you say if somebody asked you who the best player was of all time, would it be unfair to? blame Mariano for just pitching one inning at a time when he's clearly the best that's ever done what he's done and through one pitch. Yeah. I want to retract so something variables. I said though. I don't think, I don't consider winning not important. I think that you can't hurt it against someone's legacy. If they've been put in a shit situation, like Mike Trout has been in a terrible situation since he was drafted. So I can't pin that against him and I can't pin loyalty against him either for staying with the team that drafted him. Um, signing with the team that drafted him. But I do consider winning extremely important, but it's tough in a sport like baseball where there's nine guys in the lineup. One guy can hit 400 with 50 home runs and still not make the playoffs. I, I mean, when it comes to Trout, I mean, what is he, 28 years old at this point? 27. Still has a good 10, 12 years left if he stays healthy. I don't think he wins. So he could. who are you to say what happens in six, seven years? Not. I'm just voicing my opinion, which is what we do on this podcast. I, Maybe my opinion is I don't think he wins. Short season Angels World Series championship. Uh, can you imagine? <laughs> Mike Trout wins a World Series. There's no fans in the ballpark to see it. And that's his that own. That would be such a shame. Sounds about right, though. I mean, nobody watches him anyway because he's out there. Yeah. I would be watching a lot of How much better games. would it be? You know, we we got to wrap it up soon. But how much better would the game be off? If Trout was on the East Coast, 
on a He's lot better time team. Even if he stayed out west and went to the Dodgers, if he was on a prime Yankees, Phillies, Red Sox, Dodgers, Mets game would be so much better off. But I mean, this is a conversation for another day. But it's just having great players on the West Coast is just such a disadvantage. Like. Mm-hmm. For any sport. We, we could talk I mean, about this for hours. LeBron, if I want to see LeBron. Not even 9 p.m. Like, I lived with Cash for two years. Like, Laker games could start at 8 o'clock on the West Coast. It's 11 p.m. on the East Coast. It's tough, man. Like, Real fans do it, though. It's crazy. And, and even you flip it the other way around. Like, you have, like, a Dodgers-Giants. Like, say it's like a – what is it? Thursday night baseball, Wednesday night baseball, whatever the big midweek one is. It's Wednesday, right? Wednesday. So you have like Dodgers, Giants, eight o'clock start on the East Coast. That's a five o'clock start in California. Like people are working on a Wednesday in California. And that's why the Dodgers have so many issues because of the TV schedule. Like people are just getting there halfway through the game. Also, getting like, to Dodger Stadium is a nightmare. It's true. I mean, we can, t- I've never been, but we, we could table this to another day. But that is. Dodger Stadium is awesome. It is. It's just, it's just a rough situation just because of the time difference. And it, it'll never change because you're not going to change time. But I think we should change time. I think weird. everyone should be on the same time universally. I think we should just all do what you say. You should run all it's time. It's about time somebody agreed with me. Commissioner of the world. I think you oh, should just the set the schedule for everything ever. I, I think agree. that's the way it should go. No, I agree wholeheartedly. So you should say when this podcast is over. Yeah, which is now. Guys, okay. thank you. All right. <laughs> I'll that was a terrible you. outro. Uh, <laughs> well, I'll do great wrap up. I, I didn't. I didn't ask final thoughts yet. You can, we know Cash's final thoughts. He wants to go to sleep. Cash, do you have final thoughts? Yeah, my final thought is my hated person of the week. I'm doubling up yes. on Rob Manfred. It's he so gave good. us baseball. Yeah, but he didn't. In my opinion, and this is my final thought, right? He is going to go down as the worst commissioner in all of sports of all time. Okay. Yeah, I would I would actually agree with you on that. Got for mind. once. For once. Baseball is back. It obviously did not, you know, go the way we all thought it would go peacefully. But it's back. I'm gonna watch every single inning possible and I'm just I'm happy I'll be able to watch some some baseball this summer. Makes me happy again. Tyler, final thought. Um so over the course of this baseball return to play fiasco we've realized that there are a lot of bad actors in the sports media world and a lot of people rooting against sports so with that i'd like to kind of take a subtle jab and a little minor plug here caps on sports and base hitball four will never kind of go that route and we're trying to kind of flip the script here and give very honest intelligent kind of reporting on stuff although we don't have the inside scoop on a lot of things but no, we don't get try to. We don't give you more than there is, and more than the public knows, and it'll stay that way forever. So, as much as the clown John Heyman wants to go being a Boris mouthpiece, I mean, <laughs> I mean that's just how it is. But the way it is. yeah, those are my thoughts. Okay, my final thought is that the note from Jersey Shore is a more important historical document than the Constitution. I don't think that's debated. Twitter saw it first. Yeah, Twitter saw it first. All right, that'll just about do it for this episode of Base Hit Ball 4. Next week, spring training will start. Next week, we'll give our full-on predictions for each division and the playoffs and all that. Finally get to do that because finally we have a season. 
For Alex Cashman, Scott Roswald, and Tyler Blumenstick, my name is Glenn Denegris. See you later, and we'll see you next week.